Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 234. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And man, I close out my coverage of Denver Film Festival 42 on a high note. That's right. If you haven't heard anything about the movie Waves, you're gonna. Because it's coming. I myself have read a ton of articles about it, but then again, that's me. I'm reading film criticism all the time, and there's a lot of awards talk about it. And understandably so, because it is an exquisitely crafted film that I spend a lot of time thinking about. This one is going to live with me for a while, and you actually hear me say that at the beginning of this week's interview. And who is that interview with? The director, Trey Edward Schultz. Now, Trey was not necessarily on my radar before this. Once my press contact, Neil Trulio, suggested him, I started looking him up and I go, yeah, this is definitely someone I want to talk to. Because Trey is 31 years old and he's got an absolute tidal wave of talent spilling out of him. The movie Waves, breathtaking. I mean, it's a journey from start to finish. I felt like I was put through the ringer after watching it and that's a good thing. So when I sat down with him, I didn't have a ton of time. He had done a parade of interviews. I was the last one on the docket and they were heading to the airport shortly afterward. So I sit down, get my stuff set up. He's got the publicist in the room. And I go, how much time do you have? And she says, you've got till 11. That's about 25 minutes. So I go, all right, I'm going to make this count. And I'm going to make this the best 25-minute interview that I can, which forced me to get to my stuff a lot quicker than I normally do and be a little bit more on point. And as a result, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I feel good about this one. I texted my wife. I go, You know what? They didn't give me much time, but I made that time count. And listening to it back, I started thinking about the Colorado Podcast Awards. That's coming up for my friends at House of Pod. They're doing the inaugural version. Really cool concept. You may have seen me on my social media channels, or if you get the newsletter that Deft Communication sends out, I asked for votes. I went out, solicited, asked you for your support. And if you did that, if you took some time out of your day and wrote my name into Best Host or wrote John of All Trades in a best podcast or best indie podcast, thank you. That means the world to me. And I love and adore that you're willing to support me in that way. And it's funny because part of me really wanted to get one of these awards. Winning awards is fun. It feels good. It's like validation for the work that you do. But you know what? I'm not one of the finalists, and I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Because as I listen to this episode back, I go, you know what? Don't do it for awards. Do it because you love it. And that's something I always knew. But listening to my interview with Trey Edward Schultz, I go, I'm pretty damn good at this. And that's good enough for me. As long as you're listening, and as long as you're happy with what I'm doing, I'm happy with what I'm doing. So thank you for your support. Thank you for taking the time to vote for me. If you did, thank you for listening right now. This show exists because of you. And I'm intensely grateful with a debt that I can never repay for the fact that you have chosen to let me into your life. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's enough out of me. Let's wrap up my coverage here at the Denver Film Festival. I've got director Trey Edward Schultz. He's the director of Waves. He's a super cool guy. Go see Waves. It opens in Denver here either Friday the 22nd or Friday the 29th, and it deserves to be seen on a big screen. It's an incredible experience. It's a harrowing journey, and this is a great interview. So, episode 234 features Trey Edward Schultz. He's the director of Waves. 
It was at Denver Film Festival 42. It's coming to a theater near you very soon, and it starts right now. All right, so last night you mentioned there was a lady in Telluride who walked out who said, I just couldn't live with it anymore, <laughs> which I thought was really funny because I was never close to walking out last night. Sure. But I have a feeling this film is going to live with me for a long time. Oh, that's amazing. I, I hope so. I, I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it last night, which that's the dream. Is, is amazing. So when people walk out or people give you that reaction, what is your sort of reaction to that? Yes. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I can't control anything. It's a totally subjective experience. I ho- at least literally the reaction then was like, well, I hope you can finish it someday. It goes to very different places. There's a lot more in the movie. Uh, so that's honestly my reaction. Like, I hope, yeah, if you can, if you can get through it, uh, yeah, to see where else it goes. Okay. Because I mean, my take, I don't want to speculate, but I suspect that's got to be rewarding to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more about her than it is about you. Absolutely. So Th- that's what I well, that's what I hope anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God willing. <laughs> so this is Trey Edward Schultz, the director of Waves, uh, which I had the pleasure of seeing last night at the Ellie Calkins Opera House. Um and the adjectives I wrote down for it were visceral, thrilling, harrowing, but also quiet, contemplative, and beautiful. Yes. Ooh, I love it. So <laughs> That like I I just I was thinking about it because the movie really is all of those things, and that's unusual for a film. Yeah, which is one of the reasons my favorite director was Tarantino. Yeah, because you go through the range of human experiences. When when I sit and watch that, so this reminded me of that because I felt joy, I felt fear, yes. I felt sadness, I felt sort of uh, quietness, and it's amazing to me that you're able to balance those tones in a way that doesn't feel. Like you're getting thrown around. Great. You Hell know? yeah. <laughs> so um, going into that, you said this was a deeply personal movie. Mm-hmm. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, personal and a bit unorthodox in the sense there's things in it that's uh, just recreating straight autobiography. There's semi-autobiographical stuff. Um, the whole narrative of the movie kind of functions like uh, real stuff, some fictional, some real, some fictional, some real, and keep and it keeps going in little circles and loops like that almost the whole movie um, to where it's hard to set. Like if I look at it objectively, it's like it feels like I don't know a, a very high percentage myself or loved ones have like lived in some sense. Yeah. Um. So and it just feels. Uh, and then and then just really like spiritually and creatively, I was um I, I was a bit down after the last movie, and for this one, I just kind of wanted to put sort of everything I felt I had as a human being into something right. <laughs> as, as pretentious or big as that feels. I just wanted to get across where I'm at as a human into a movie. Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's hard to say, but it's incredibly, incredibly personal. Well, one of the things that you said last night was it started out with you, but then when you connected with your lead actor, yes, you sort of expanded it. And so it became not just your story, but a story for others that, that they contributed to. So it became almost like a fuller, I don't want to say pastiche, but um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a collage. Yes, absolutely. Um, which I, I thought was really beautiful. And you also mentioned how your love of South Florida and yeah. Broward County. Yeah, yeah. And I, when you said that, I thought of 
something I read about John Hughes when he made Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Like, that was his love letter to Chicago. Sure, shit, yeah. <laughs> Is this kind of uh, a love letter to South Florida in some ways? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and what is it about South Florida that, that grabbed you so much to, to where you want to make it almost like its own character? Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, I lived in Texas all my life and the first time to like actually move and live somewhere else. What part uh, of Texas? Uh, grew up in Spring, which is on the outskirts of Houston. I, I lived for a year in, in the Woodlands. Oh, I mean, I, mean, I my parents live in my, we shot Cretia 30 minutes from the Woodlands. Oh, no in, kidding. Near Lake Conroe. Oh, yeah. And okay. Montgomery. And, uh, parents are still there. I love the Woodlands. My, my high school used to call it Cornrow. Okay. I love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that was, uh, that was, our rival like in football i only lived there for a year but man it imprinted itself on me so absolutely but uh okay so you grew up in spring yes but then eventually ended up in south florida yes ended up in south florida um first place to move that's where my girlfriend's from uh and uh yeah i just kind of fell in love with it it's like an energy there and a feeling and um you know i think I think another thing, the movie for me is about love and love Absolutely. and how love can um, be the most healing, beautiful, powerful thing. It can also be a destructive thing. Interesting. Sort of exploring that, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah. especially in relationships, you know, um, and love can get uh, used wrong. But like basically long winded way of saying I also just think I'm a bit in love with with Florida, so in South Florida, and thought it was perfect for this movie, and it just felt right. Well, it's know? funny. Like the first time I traveled to Portland, Oregon, yeah. I'd, I'd never been there before. Yeah. I walked around and I go, "Okay, this I know this place. Yeah. Like I know it." Yeah. When you just showed up in right. Florida, you go, "Okay, yep. I'm home. I've been here before." Yep. Spiritually, absolutely. Which You're is connected to it. Yeah, yeah. You you just get it. It immediately clicks with you. Yep. Uh, one of the other things that uh, someone brought up was. It can feel like this is two movies. Yeah, you totally. Know? But I think you made a connection that I hadn't made explicitly, but that made sense in my mind when you said it. It is one movie because it's about a family. Yeah. We just shift perspectives. And you compare that against something like Full Metal Jacket, which is also like two movies. But you keep the same character. Right. But Full Metal Jacket feels like two very different movies. The yes. first half is all private pile. Yes. Second half is this war movie. So when you watch it, it feels like you're watching two movies. Yeah, absolutely. This but one, it's a tonal shift at 100%. But this one, I noticed when we're with Ty, you know, it's much more frenetic. Yeah. And then once we get with M, it's a little bit quieter. There's not as much camera movement. Yeah. There's a little bit more static shots. Yeah. And that was almost a relief to me because I was sitting there just <laughs> <laughs> full of unbearable dread. Yep. You know? And I want to focus on one scene in particular, and I want to ask you a technical question about yes. it. It's when we follow Ty into the party, and I don't want to give away things in the plot, so we're not sure, going to do sure. that. But when we're following Ty into the party, it's a long, steady cam shot. You know, he's walking through the party, he's going up the stairs. That had to be a nightmare to light. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, and my DP, Drew Daniels, and our gaffer, uh, Kev, they are amazing. Um, it, you know, I didn't have to light it, thank goodness. <laughs> but it was, it, it, honestly, that shot itself is probably the single most complex shot in the movie because 
the nightmare of lighting, but also we're kind of pushing the lighting to be even more not just naturalistic, but also expressionistic combined with all those extras, combined with the blocking, oh my combined God. with – it was very stressful and hard to shoot. It's like you're coordinating an army at that totally. point, right? Totally. And you, you're literally like – you're with your, your unit. It's like a battle army and then the greater army as well and you're all – yeah, it's – Honestly, it's like a haze looking back on it. <laughs> when it's go time, yeah. uh, how much tension is within you? Or are you kind of the guiding voice? Do you have to be the steady hand for all of these folks working in harmony to get this unbelievably gorgeous sequence of events? Honestly, um, it's it's all of us. You know, I think I just try to create the tone and I want people to want to be there and enjoy what we're doing. And, and I'm just trying to do that and break the ice, honestly, like not treat it like a big like I'm shoeless half the time on the floor <laughs> and like <laughs> whatever. And I'm just I try to be chill and try to have fun. You know, right. that being we have very hard times. Uh, shooting that was hard. Other things were very stressful and hard, but like the hard times are so much easier to get through and better when you all want to be there and you all have a purpose and you're all in it together, you know? And so the, the vibe on set, was it, was it fun? Was it like, yes, the best summer of my life, (laughs) best summer of my life. Was it 18 that you were filming this? Um, yes. Yeah. Last summer. Okay. And I love film sets because you've got people doing really mundane jobs. But if they don't do them well, yeah. then all, I mean, I'm John of all trades. So I talk to people of all across the employment spectrum yeah. about what they do and how they do it. And it's almost like you have to get people bought into your vision early. Yeah. And in order for them to do their jobs effectively, what kinds of things do you do when you're working with a crew to get everyone on the same page quickly so that you yeah. can achieve something that's beautiful and artistic like this? That's a great question. Um, I don't know if I have a perfect answer. It's well, it's also a bit um it's almost in stages and phases, you know. So right. like the the it's not like all of a sudden everyone's there. It's sort of like the the family and the group keeps building and building and building. And all along the way, um I'm just trying to spread that energy of like working with, you know, cuz everyone that works on it, either I interview or someone else interviews and right. we're all kind of building it together. So like I'm choosing the my key collaborators, then my key collaborators are choosing their key collaborators and to where I'm just trying to spread and foster that energy to where everyone's excited by the project and wants to be there. Um, and it's kind of that simple and just keep, you know, obviously not every single person on set is going to feel that way, but like, that's the goal. Um, and we're just, I'm just trying to build a bigger family, you know? Yeah, of course. I read that you came up through Terrence Malick. Yes. Is that accurate? Uh, more or less. Yes. It like changed the course of my life. I got on as a film loader and camera PA for some of his movies and interned on posts for some stuff. And yeah, it changed my life. What did you take away from working with Terrence Malick that, that you have incorporated into your style? Um, I think, uh, a few things. I think one like really big thing, uh, I would say it's like creative and practical in the sense of, I realized I was young and on his sets and realizing like he makes 
I I hadn't been on any other legit sets, so I couldn't say for sure. But I was like, I have a feeling this is unorthodox. Can this, I can I ask which sets in particular? I was on um, basically first. It started out with B roll stuff for Voyage of Time. Well, Voyage of Time is the IMAX film, so it was Voyage of Time. But that B roll stuff was used in the Tree of Life, and then I was also oh. on um, Song to Song. And, uh, and I guess that was it actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that all was a long, he makes movies for a while, so <laughs> it was a long thing. Um, yeah, they're not quick turnarounds. No, not at all. So it, it, but it was, it was like, it feels like he has his own way of doing things and you would be a fool to try to do them how he does it, right. but he's figured out his way of doing things. Maybe I can figure out a unique way to do things. Right. And then also like creatively, like a voice, like he was a hero. He's made some of my favorite movies of all time. And just being around that and seeing his energy and inspired by that, I was like, Again, like I just got to try to find if I have any kind of unique voice or perspective or anything. Right. And this this may not be a question for you, but I heard a story Jonah Hill tell once about working with Scorsese. And Scorsese wasn't getting what he wanted from Jonah Hill in this take. So he excused everyone from set. Jonah Hill sat down next to him. He's like, oh, I'm going to get fired or, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get read the riot act or something. And they're sitting in the video village and Scorsese just sat there and quietly read the newspaper as Jonah Hill was sitting next to him for like 15 minutes, didn't Whoa. say a word. And so Jonah Hill just calmed down and he goes, okay, I'm all right. And Scorsese goes, all right, you want to try it again? <laughs> and he I've never heard that story. That's incredible. He told it to Bill Simmons uh, when Bill Simmons had that uh, weird like Wednesday show on sure. Uh, HBO. Sure. And he got it in like the second take when they came back. That's amazing. And so I was curious if anyone could tell a story like that about you, which again, Ooh. this might not be a question for you. Yeah, yeah, true. Shoot, man, I don't know. There's got to be something. I, I don't think I have anything that epic. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that, like, that is just too That's weird. That's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, but to that He's point, smart man. it's so funny. I brought up Malik and. In some of the reviews I've read, and Matthew heaped praise upon you yeah. last night. Oh, yeah. And, and man, Matt's oh, a sweetheart. He's, he seems like a real sweetheart. He is, man. But, you know, as I'm reading reviews of this and as I'm listening to people describe this work to you, I don't always handle praise super well. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to take sometimes. Yeah. So when you're getting compared to Malik or Cassavetes, which were two names that were dropped by Matthew last night, how do you handle that? How do you react to that? Does that add to the pressure does that i i don't want to put words in your mouth so how do you handle all that praise because this film is getting praised pretty heavily thank you um honestly it doesn't feel real uh it's just kind of like i don't know it's it's amazing it's humbling humbling to be mentioned anywhere near heroes like that and then, but it doesn't, it's, it's just like, ah, it's not real though, right? No one really likes it that much. I don't know. Are you outside yourself a little bit? Like, probably. Yeah. I don't know. But I also, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, I'll focus on the negative instead of the positive. And I try to, I try not to do that. I'm trying to get way more healthy about that. But, um, well, it's like a stand up comic when, you know, the whole room is cooking. Yeah. They'll focus on the one person who isn't laughing and they'll remember that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's hard. Exactly. <laughs> But not, you know, not blowing that out in your mind yeah. is, is super challenging. And it's weird, man. I, I mean, for me, like if I do something that people really, really like, to me, that almost makes whatever I do next 
seemed that much more daunting. Yeah. And, and for me, I just got to put my head down and focus on the work. Yeah, absolutely. Like, keep your eyes on your own paper, right? Absolutely. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. This movie is coming out here in Denver, I think, in a couple of weeks. We're going to release this so. like shortly before it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have other festivals lined up? Like, how much uh, are you rolling this out? Is it like a slow roll, or is it going to be followed by a blitz? Um, we've sort of been doing a, uh, for me, it feels like a compressed blitz of festivals and screenings and traveling. We were in, uh, like, San Francisco, then London, then Hamptons, then New York, then Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., Middleburg, wow. L.A., Austin, Going to Houston next week, back to LA, New York, Dallas. Good grief, man. All in like a few weeks. <laughs> so, um, for me, it's a lot. And just, so I don't quite know how that's going to be for like the actual release or people outside of that. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to do everything in my capacity to spread the word and get awareness for this movie. Cause these are, it's a unique movie. It's harder to build awareness and to get people to see these kind of movies. So. That's all I'm trying to do. Well, yeah, and it's it's hard to sell without giving too much away as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that like that's a tough needle to thread. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I feel for you in that. <laughs> I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on this show, and you know, as a director, you're kind of the ultimate entrepreneur. Like you, you have to get people bought into a vision to achieve something greater than all than the collection of all of you. Yeah. The, the sum is greater than the whole of the parts yeah. or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I think that is the correct cliche. Yes. So as you're out grinding and trying to build awareness, one of the things that comes up on this show is self care. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Because I mean, I'm number what in how many interviews you've already done today. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, it's true. And I mean, that's going to be the case in every city. How do you fight burnout and how do you take care of yourself? Um, uh, good question. Uh, just figuring it out. Um, is it a work in progress? It's a work in progress. <laughs> yes. Like a lot of things in life. Sure. Uh, it's honestly just a work in progress. I'm probably not doing the best job at it. Um, does it and, ever burn you out? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, but you, you sort of have to, when you're, you have to turn on, you know, and when you're on, you're, it's, you're not really, but that like the second you turn off, then you're just like dead. Oh, you and get a whole adrenaline dump. Yeah, uh, exactly. You lose it all and it's hard to like, and then to like turn back on is harder every time. So yeah. there's that. And then I just try, I don't know. I'm trying to like be a little help, like juices in the morning. And <laughs> I got like a massage a week ago. That was amazing. Yes. That like changed my whole world. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't think I'm very good at it. Okay. Though. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make a suggestion because yes. I didn't do this until I was 37. Yeah. Uh, I got a pedicure. Ooh, okay. You ever done, done. that? Uh, I no, I have not done a pedicure. I did a facial once. Uh, I haven't done a pedicure, dude. Trust me, that will that will bring you back to life. Okay. Either that, or I mean, you're growing the beard, but a hot lather shave. Yeah, those are a couple of very subtle things. Okay, great. <laughs> so, I'm on it. It's rejuvenating, right? That's what absolutely. that massage did for me. I was like a new man all of a sudden. So. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm with you. A lot of times, I'm doing public speaking, and I'll get off stage. I'll have this huge adrenaline dump, and almost go into a little bit of a depression. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. Totally. It's and it's hard, man. It's hard to yep. bounce back. So I try to find my way to the gym or something. Yep. Like if I start drinking. That's only going to yep. bring me down even further, which is, is counterintuitive because you're like, oh, I need to release. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, right? It's tricky, man. Still so, figuring it out. So, okay. One other thing that I haven't seen anyone mention, yeah. um, 
It has to do with the character of Ronald. Yes. Who the performances in this are just across the board outstanding. That's what I believe. Thank you. Um, and I, there's there's not a weak link in the cast, which is a tribute to casting. I and think they're the best. I, I couldn't agree more. But when I was watching Ronald, I couldn't stop thinking about the character of Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, has anyone ever brought that up to you? No. That's actually a great point. Um, because Furious Styles in that movie has a very prescribed sort of vision of what it means to be a, a black man in America. Yep. And tries to impart that on his son in a very, I already used this word, but prescriptive way. Yeah. And a very sort of rigid definition of what it means. Yeah. But the difference to me is Lawrence Fishburne doesn't get the moments of vulnerability that Sterling K. Brown gets in this movie. And particularly in the back half. So you said I'm the first person to bring that up. But was that in your mind at all? Because, I mean, as, as a black father figure... Furious Styles is pretty iconic. Yeah. Uh, well, so he never entered um, my mind, shockingly. But now that you say it, it makes perfect sense. And that movie, like, blew me away as a kid, crying like a baby, just like, not as a kid, but as a younger person. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I think it's there. But it, I will say, I think so much of Ronald was really just organic with that collaboration with Kel. Okay. You know, so I think, like, First, it started with an inspiration from my dad, my my stepdad and biological dad, and then it grew so much more because of, uh, uh, I don't want to speak for Kelvin, but like talking about taking inspiration from the dynamic with his father and specifically a black father. And um, it was all in that. So it just happened organically with that collaboration. Sterling just took it to the next level to where... Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't really thinking about and modeling it on any other previous characters. It was sure. really just about taking inspiration from real life in that situation. Um, but I, uh, I love the, the, that comparison. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, at, at the risk of, I don't, I don't know if I don't want this to come out incorrectly. Of course. But I was surprised uh, when I saw this movie and then I looked you up. Yep. That you weren't black. Yep. Um, what has been the reaction from the African-American community to yeah. this film? Because when I watched it, it felt really authentic and really lived in. Yeah. What's the reaction been? Um, it, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's been great. Um, doing these screenings and talking to people, connecting, man. We had this incredible screening in D.C., it's been really, really, really beautiful. Um, but I have to get all that authenticity I have to give to Kel and the rest of the cast and the actors. And it was that collaboration. And, um, yeah, people are definitely surprised. <laughs> a lot of like me, they're like, Oh, you made this. <laughs> uh, but I just try to explain the unorthodox nature in which it was made, you know? Yeah. How much, like how slavish were you to the script? Yes. Um, in that regard, because you obviously wrote this and you, you talked about your collaboration with Kel, yeah. which was really, really important. But you also mentioned that, um, and I'm forgetting her name, who played the mother, Renee. Uh, brought some of her own experience and even talking to your mom yes. uh, to, you know, to her psychologist role. Yes. Um, how slavish were you to the script? No, I'm not slavish at all. It's really like I'm just there to like collaborate and involve in any capacity. So for Renee with a lot of scenes, that was her just showing up and injecting a lot of new language that I just loved. I was like, this is amazing. This is, I love you so much. <laughs> and she's just an incredible actor. So, um, yeah, whether it's like literally going through and making notes with Kelvin and then rewriting the script based on his notes, I'll do that with other actors as well. Well, or it's yeah. just Renee or Sterling 
doing the scene close to the script, but injecting a lot of their own language. I'm just like, I'm so excited. Nothing's better than like being like actually filming it and being surprised and like it feeling (laughs) real and nothing's better. Yeah. I, I can only imagine because you as the guiding sort of voice and light of this entire film, you almost, as you're filming it, when you're surprised, you become a surrogate for the audience. Absolutely. So absolutely. If you're surprised, then the audience is almost certainly going to be surprised. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I know we're Thank pressing you. up on time. You've got uh, you've got other commitments you've got to get no to. Worries. So here's the place on the show where we do plugs. So where can people find waves? Uh, anything you want to plug? Do it now. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to open in New York and L.A. on November 15th. Um, and then it's expand. I don't know exactly the cities, but we're expanding every week after that. So hopefully okay. we'll be in Denver very shortly after um, and all that good stuff. And, yeah, man, just please, please get out to the theater to see it because, like, this movie – I'm sure it'd play good at home too, but like we made it for the cinema and these kind of movies need support and that we need to get people out to see them for them to, to stay in the theaters. Well, and a quick plug from me because seeing it in theaters, the, the sound design in this film yes. is outrageous. And even if you have a nice home theater, yeah. I think you're going to lose something with the sound and the color. And Absolutely. It, I mean, it's, it's a movie that's built for an audience on a giant screen. Absolutely. So. And I, that I have like my sound designer, uh, my colors, my DP, we worked our butts off and they're the best in the world. So like, yes, I think it's just going to be an immersive experience in the theater and you're going to, hopefully you're going to feel a lot. Uh, so please get out and see it. Well, dude, this was an enormous pleasure, a huge thrill. I Thank adored you. the movie and I Thank wish you. you nothing but continued success. Trey Edward Schultz. Thank you, brother. This was a pleasure. And that wraps up episode 234 of the John of All Trades podcast with Trey Edward Schultz, the director of Waves. Go out and see it. It's an amazing movie. And that wraps up this year's coverage at Denver Film Festival. BFF 42, what a great time. Go on the John of All Trades website. Each episode is tagged with Denver Film Festival 2019. So you can see all my interviews there with Mr. Toilet, with Man Camp, with You Don't Know Me, and with director Trey Edward Schultz. What an amazing slate. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. I am a communications professional, and I can help your organization tell its story in a brand new way. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. What an amazing company that will help you tell your story online and get your message in front of the people who need to see it most. If you're building a website, doing online marketing, or doing social media advertising, 4Degrees can help you do it better. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Thanksgiving next week. We've got a special show. It's kind of a fun compendium of brief interviews. Stay tuned to the John of All Trades social media. That's J O A T Pod across platforms Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. We're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and a billion other podcatchers. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you. I'll be back here next week with a very special episode. That one's a ton of fun. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.